Welcome to the Art of Money podcast with Art McPherson. And thanks for checking out the Art of Money podcast. My name is Mark Owens alongside Art McPherson and Luke McCarty. All the information for the McPherson Financial Group, you can find it at theartofmoneyradio.com. Art McPherson, Luke McCarty, I was talking to a buddy of mine this weekend, and he has a financial advisor. And he said he would feel guilty about getting a second opinion. And he said, quote, I had to laugh at this. He said, I'd feel like I'm cheating on my current guy. So help me out. Help me explain that getting a second opinion on your life's work and your nest egg and your retirement plans, that's not a bad thing. And actually, it's kind of encouraged. Well, I think just because you're having somebody look at it and kind of evaluate it, you're just asking for advice. The only time that you're going to have a decision to make with us is if on the third appointment, you liked us a lot better than your current advisor and you wanted to switch advisors. So you know, just getting a second opinion, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you are just getting information to Mm -hmm. make sure that the information you're getting looks good. I think that's prudent. And I think that's really good. I mean, if you went to a doctor and you got some bad news, what are you going to do? You want to go get a second opinion. So you think you're on good track right now to retirement. Well, why not get a second opinion to make sure you are? And that's just good, sound financial planning. And you're just trying to make sure that you're in line with what you want to do. So to me, you're not really cheating. You're just trying to get good information. And the only time that there really is a decision to be made is if you wanted to make a change and then you would let them know, obviously. I just wish you could have heard this conversation because he was like, Mark, I don't want my guy to think I'm cheating on him. I'm like, what are you whispering? <laughs> You're not doing anything wrong. It's This is your money. It's kind of like ordering two entrees on a cruise, right? You don't know which one you're going to order the next night, so you try them both. <laughs> so you want, you want a second opinion on your first entree, so you order two, so you know which one's better. You're not cheating on the first one. You just don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, how Art explained it was a lot better. I'm just thinking of food. <laughs> but In other words, it, it must be lunchtime because Luke is ready. He's hungry. Right. So, you know what? Luke and Art are the steak and lobster of the financial world. And you know what? That's the best dish that you're going to get. So hopefully by retirement, you've paid off your mortgage. But Morningstar's David Blanchett says that it doesn't mean you have to start scratching off housing on your list of expenses. People are often like, well, why do these older people that own their homes spend more on housing? It's because they're not mowing their yards anymore. And so what happens actually, it's it's, it's an interesting effect where um, the older that you are, the more you're going to be spending on things like maintenance that you just can't do yourself. All the things that are involved in operating a house that older Americans become less and less likely to be able to do themselves. Yeah, housing accounts for a big chunk of the inflation cost for older Americans. So is that something that we can start planning for immediately? Yeah, and there's something you have to you have to realize what those expenses are going to be because you're going to have expenses that right now as a 55-year-old, 60-year-old, 65-year-old, if your debt goes bad on you, you have the capability of going to Home Depot, buying lumber, throwing it in the back of your truck, and redoing your deck. But when you're 80... That's not going to happen. But the deck is still going to wear out and it's still going to get nasty and bad. So you have to hire that help in. So it becomes more expensive. And because your house is always in an appreciating asset, it gives up in value. So does that beautiful thing called property tax. So, you know, upkeep, maintenance, things like that, doing your lawn, having someone have to do it for you on a regular basis, starting to pay for that if you're always used to doing that. Now, I have a few exceptions. I have a little old 82-year-old who gets on her five acres, I'm not joking, five acres of property and cuts it every week. She loves it. But there's going to be a time where she's not able to do that anymore. Right now, she's 82, and she cuts five acres. takes her about six hours. Wow. But she'll do two hours, go in when she gets hot, take about an hour break, and come back out and finish it. But she is 
a uh, pretty sharp little thing. So I do have a few exceptions to that rule, but wow. as a general rule of thumb, you're going to need to, you know, really realize that your expenses will go up on maintenance. You can't just go up there and do things by yourself. Mm -hmm. You just physically are not going to be capable of doing that. Right. It's kind of like your air conditioner, right? <laughs> your roof. Mm -hmm. Those aren't going to last forever. And those prices are not going down. Um, if we're speaking of housing prices in general, right, the price of your house is up, but lumber, right, is up two to three times over the last year. Oh, did you so, see that report that said like this time last year, the average cost was like 960 bucks for a specific project. And then today it's like over $3,500. Yes, I saw that. Right. It was and a, most of that's like lumber. Yeah, it was an average deck or something like that, which right. is what you mentioned. Yeah, so things are going up and they are inflating faster than faster than the government's reporting. Now, the government has different metrics. They don't just look at lumber and housing, but it's part of it. But, yes, you are going to need a, a portfolio that keeps up with your inflation of your house, even if your house is paid off. Okay. We're talking about how much it would cost to build a deck today versus a year ago. You see car dealerships, the lots are emptier than they've been in a long time. Is that inflation or is that a reaction to the pandemic? Depends what type of car lot. Brand new car lots, right? That's an impact of kind of the coronavirus and uh -huh. the lack of parts and chips for right. the new cars and semiconductors. Mm -hmm. Used car lots, that's why the price of used cars are going up so much because it's harder to produce new cars right now because of a shortage of supply and everybody has to settle for a used car that's already been built. I think I've seen reports where Ford and GM are actually having to slow down production because they can't get the products or the parts for the cars. So um, that may be one of the reasons why you're seeing some empty car lots. Yep. Yeah, it's hard to get that chain of custody or what we call that inventory chain has been disrupted. You know, it started back in June, July of last year. And there are still states like New York and California that are not open mm -hmm. and are starting to open. But, you know, some of those big manufacturing spots where supply chains got interrupted and things like that, it's caused a tremendous change to those flow structures. So, yes, we have seen some inventory. It's weird. I'll walk into the Harley store and uh, I enjoy riding my Harley on the weekends and went down to Space Coast and they're about half full. Normally, they're, they're, you hardly have any room to see a Harley in their store. And then same thing at Daytona. When I was coming back from Jacksonville, I stopped at the Daytona Harley and they were half empty. So it's a, you can see it all the way across the lines, not just in the cars. You can see it also on motorcycles. Yeah. Do you guys remember, was it last year when Elon Musk for Tesla, I think it was in California, wasn't it? His plant in California was supposed to shut down on some certain day. And he went in there to work that day and worked on the plant and said, if you're going to arrest anybody, arrest me. So because of the government control and because of the pandemic, a lot of other companies and industries shut down. So um, that's kind of what we're seeing come to fruition now is, is that shortage. And didn't he pick up shop and move it from California out to Texas? Yeah, but it didn't happen in one day. What do you mean Correct. by that? <laughs> Wait, you don't just move all that inventory, machinery, oh, and equipment. Oh. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. so there's a process <laughs> it, to that. Yeah, yes. It's not so. a popsicle stand where he just loaded right, up the U-Haul and went over right. to Texas. Right. It wasn't the food trunk that you, uh, you know, that Luke used to do, and he couldn't just tow it to Texas. Um, he basically has to move everything, and he's definitely going to do that, but I don't think it's a done deal yet. Wait a minute. Luke, you had a food truck? I had a food truck. Tell yeah, me about that. Why do you yeah. think he's such a good cook? Well, we've yeah. always, but we've talked about Luke is a grill master, but I know you had a, tell me about your food truck. I did. So I had a barbecue food truck when I worked and lived in Dallas. So I was a tax accountant by day and, <laughs> and night, actually, because it's, it's, it's a tough job, right? And then on the weekends, we had a food truck 
and we would park in an empty lot next to a 7-Eleven. So we had tons of traffic, mm-hmm. and we were doing brisket, pulled pork, sausage, ribs, had our own barbecue sauces, our own smoked mac and cheese, our own smoked beans, our own coleslaw recipe. I mean, we had it all. So it was it was fun, a lot of work, but that's another piece of my background is food truck connoisseur <laughs> Out of business food truck guy, <laughs> financial advisor and food truck driver. Yeah, you know we were just talking about like former jobs and like past jobs, and this is something that uh, I've dealt with recently. As a matter of fact, in its four hundred one k's, TD Ameritrade says that only about one in five Americans knows how much they're allowed to contribute to a four hundred one k, and only one in four. They know that non-working spouses can still contribute to an IRA. So there's a lot that we're expected to know about 401ks and who can contribute. How do you educate your clients about planning for retirement when it comes to their 401ks? Those are some of the first questions we ask a client when they come in, that first appointment. So when we start talking about their 401k, one of the things that we're finding out about them is what are they contributing? Because one of the things that is kind of one of our last great things we can do, um, they took away most of the itemization. The standard deduction that we get today is usually better than itemizing. So most people get the standard deduction on their tax return. But outside of that standard deduction, their 401k can be another great deduction off of personal income. Mm -hmm. And if you're under 50, you know, most people don't realize they can put $18,500 in that 401k if they're under the age of 50. And you go all the way up to $25,000 if you're 50 plus because you have that catch-up provision. So people do not realize that. That is one of our conversations, though, to make sure people understand they have a legal way to get a deductible income right off the top, that top income. And usually if you're 55 plus, you're in that highest earning years of your life. And that's a really good way to maximize. And it can also be a way to catch up, you know, when you were messing around at 30 and 40 and you really weren't saving the way you're supposed to and kind of help you make up for some lost time. Once you set your 401k, how often should you adjust it? It depends how much money you're putting in. It depends what the market's doing, and it depends how active you want to be involved in your 401k. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of 401k plans have, call it 20 different options, right? Some of our local plans here, you know, through Fidelity have what's called a brokerage link where you can go out and buy individual stocks and kind of do whatever you want. So it kind of depends how how often you want to be in it. Um, For our clients here, we can help them set up the right allocation based on what we're doing here and what they're doing at the 401k and kind of get the big picture. So it just depends how how much you want to be involved. You know, there are certain companies here that have different types of plans in the 401k where if you contribute more than the maximum, right, it can go directly to a Roth 401k, but only if you call the plan sponsor. So there's a lot of different catches within our industry that you just have to know the rules. But for example, Harris Corporation and Northrop Grumman have specific things in their plan that we can get on the phone and help you and call and make sure you're doing the right thing. Thanks for listening. Want more from Art McPherson of McPherson Financial Group? Find us online at artofmoneyradio.com. We are an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of financial and insurance products to custom suit their needs and objectives. Securities offered through World Equity Group, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through ProStatus Group, LLC. McPherson Financial Group and ProStatus Group, LLC are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by World Equity Group, Inc. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not 
not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Investment financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. Art McPherson is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Arthur McPherson. Florida Insurance License Number A174725. Today's show has been a work of art. 